you're listening to Not The Queen's English, the podcast where we talk about life in the UK and all things relating to British English. My name's Holly. And my name's Murray. And this week we're talking about music in the UK. Did you slightly forget your name there? I did. I did. I sort of, I missed my cue. <laughs> almost. I, sort of thought, I was nudging nice. you and winking and there was just nothing. I thought, how oh, lovely, I'll just listen to Holly talk for a bit an hour. <laughs> oh, I'll just put my feet up. Um... Yeah, so we're talking about music this mm. week, uh, but first, I would like you to enlighten me with a little nugget from the realms of current affairs or pop culture, preferably pop culture, keeping with the theme. Well, actually, pop culture on many levels, because this week I wanted to talk to you about the exciting news of the S Club 7 reunion. <gasps> Shut up! <laughs> Oh my god, the event, the cultural event of the century so far, I'm sure we can agree. Well, you say that, but uh, in <laughs> I, I saw the headlines about this, but in actually researching this for the podcast, uh, I found out that there has already been an S-Club reunion uh, in this century. Oh. So, yeah, they, they had um, uh, a tour in 2015 called the Bring It All Back Tour. Um, which was 12 dates. I don't know where they went to. I suppose, like, one of the big things this time round is that it's an arena tour. So, Ah. like, yeah, really big venues. Uh, So that's very exciting for fans (laughs) of uh, 90s music. I suppose we should explain who S Club 7 are for those who are not acquainted with their back catalogue. Or, as my dad always insisted on calling them, Sclub 7. Oh, Such a he's a joker. Mine, see, yeah, mine never did that. Oh my god, what you should shame. tell him. <laughs> yeah, this, this could be this could be a whole new uh, avenue for him to go down. Um, but yeah, they were uh, a group of guys and gals who were formed in the <laughs> guys and gals. Yeah, guys and gals. Okay. Well, I was going to say boys and girls because they were pretty young at the time. Yeah. But I suppose they were men and women. Well, and you don't want to muddy the waters because there's S Club Juniors to consider. Well, yeah, we'll get on to that. Getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, S Club 7 formed in the late 90s. They were formed by Simon Fuller, who is uh, the man who was the Spice Girls manager. And mm. then very famously, they split from him uh, over various <laughs> sort of disputes. Yeah. Uh, and he then manufactured uh, S Club 7. That, I feel like that was such a thing at that time, people talking about manufactured bands. As yes. though, like... You know, as if they just as arise music, organically. Yeah, it's usually, you know, oh, wow, we've just been like, you know, jamming together for years. But <laughs> no, this is like glossy pop music with high production values. Like, it, they will just kind of bring people together yes, in an artificial way. And, um, um, and the S in S Club 7 is rumoured to stand for Simon, as in Simon Fuller, isn't it? Yeah. Although nobody, there's, there's never been a sort of conclusive announcement. No, no to... one will, no one will like <laughs> tell us. It, maybe it just stands for Seven. Seven Club Seven. Seven Club Seven. Okay, yeah. interesting. So, can you name all the members of S Club Seven? Well, Tina's doing her thing. <laughs> no, um, Tina's doing her dance. Oh, Tina's doing her dance. Uh, John's, ha- looking, John's looking for, for romance. romance. Paul's getting down, down on the floor. floor. Bra- Hannah's screaming out for more. Oh, yeah. Bradley, I don't know what Bradley's up wanna to. Want to hear Bradley sing? Want to hear Bradley Surely sing? Surely it's not want to hear Bradley sing. He's whole got point a nice voice. Singing. One of, no, one of know, at least but... two of them that has a nice voice. Listen, uh, wanna hear, yeah, maybe it's want to hear Bradley sing, want to see Rachel do her thing. No, go on. And, and Joe, Joe, she's, she's got, got the, the flow. flow. <laughs> God. Um, I think it is a very good idea as a band to say all of your names in one of your hits because, yeah, we'll never forget their names now. 
Maybe not. No, um, if we had to do surnames, I think I'd struggle. And that's why they've all had such um, lucrative solo careers. <laughs> well, oh my god, I can't believe the bitchiness I'm <laughs> experiencing. This is not, yeah, this is not the spirit of not the Queen's English. I'm sorry. I in my head, I sort of think of S Club Seven as being the sort of successors to the Spice Girls. I know that's a very bold claim because mm. they were nowhere near as big. But I feel like because. I was ever so slightly young to be in, like, the main wave of, like, Spice Girls, like, um, hysteria. Like, (laughs) I I was a big Spice Girls fan, obviously. Um, But, yeah, so I feel like S Club 7 were sort of the next thing. But I guess they overlapped quite significantly. Yeah, well, that's the thing, because they were put together in, sort of, 98... Uh, and then uh, they broke up in 2003 or as the article that I looked at for research said they first broke up in 2003 (laughs) so I'm not sure if there was a breakup when they did their tour their Uh... previous tour but yeah I I just uh, yeah assumed that they'd only broken up once but apparently not (laughs) well I think the demise of Eskola 7 was quite a drawn out affair because it was a bit like the Spice Girls in that like one of them left well, so they first broke up in 2003, a year after Paul Catamol, 45. Catamol? I know, what I never extraordinary knew. name. Uh, quit to form a new metal band. Oh, yeah, N-U yeah. metal, yeah. I, what? New metal. I, I did not know that that is why Paul left No, S-Club. I remember that I thought there were just the various time, artistic yeah. differences, because that's very like Charlie leaving Busted, to form like a metal band or whatever, like it seems, it seems to have been a bit of. A trend. I, I want to be in a band where they actually let me play the instruments. Yeah, is that the sort of the tenor of this? Mm. So they, yeah, they are now doing an arena tour uh, in 2023. Not busted, or they may, maybe they are. <laughs> or Paul's Seven. new metal band. Anyway, they're doing an arena tour, and it's to celebrate 25 years since, Shut since the band up. started. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Wash your mouth with soap. I will not. 25? 25 years, yeah, because they formed in 98, which oh, is 25 years ago. You and I must be at ago. death's door if that was 25 years ago. Crikey, Moses. Yeah, I know. But they, so they were re- like, they were really successful. Yeah. They Certainly in the UK. I think they maybe had a little bit of success in the US, but it was mainly here. Because they, they had, I think they might have had like dolls made of them. They had, oh, their, they own had, all t- the they had their own TV show. I was which a big fan I, of the TV yeah, show. Yeah, what was it called? I was just called S, what was it called? I think it was just called S Club 7. Yeah, I don't oh, know. Oh no, was it not called like S Club 7 Miami? Was there not like various ones and they were in various different places? I feel like it was all set mm, in America. Th- yeah, a lot of it was in America. There's that one where they've got that like old fashioned car and then they go through like a yes. portal. Oh yeah, they go back like, to like the 50s and it's I all like Greece. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the main thing I, well, there's a few things I can remember from the TV series, but one of the, the only line I can remember from it is one of them saying like, oh my God, uh, like I had this nightmare and we were all really old like 30 or something oh my god I bet they regret that um, yeah ouch the only um, thing I remember from it is they're like working in a hotel and John gets called over to talk to the manager and he's like oh is it because I peed in the swimming pool oh. and the manager's like oh what are you talking about everybody does that that's always stuck with me because I was like what do you mean everybody pees in the swimming pool is this some sort of conspiracy that I've never been let oh. in on because I certainly bloody wouldn't oh Anyway. <laughs> wow, I had no idea it's funny what that, sticks the, with yeah, you. that the TV show was teaching such poor, poor morals. And... <laughs> morals. I love that. Moral uh, hygiene. Because it was, it was on the BBC, wasn't it? The S Club sort of soap. Okay, I seem to remember it. watching it like either on a Saturday morning or like mm. after school. It was in one of the, the prime mm. child TV slots. And 
something that we found out recently when researching S Club 7. That's right. We we have a fun life. We take this very seriously. Um, it, not for the podcast, I have to say, just for our just general for... like life knowledge. But, but they had a film, which we've never seen. I think it's called Double Trouble. And they, I don't know if they've all got clones or something. <laughs> Classic. Like, That'd be very early noughties. Yeah, very like Route 1, like, oh, this is a band. They're going to be in a film. What are we going to have? We need we, a high concept. We had the alien invasion in the Spice World movie. Spoiler alert! So then, I suppose they had to like go one step further. Space World is a cinematic masterpiece. It's I think such pe- a good people film. are so down on it, but it's hilarious. Are people down on it. I think people. Well, you know, it's not. I don't think it's considered. Maybe it's considered cool now to be into it, but I think at the time it was a bit like of an embarrassment for everyone oh. involved. No, whereas yeah, the the an S Club film that we yeah we should definitely watch yeah, at some point. Track that yeah, down. where I would just like wonder where on earth it would even be available. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so S Club they were very successful, but then they also spawned S Club Juniors, sometimes called S Club Eight, I think. Yeah, because um, there was eight of them. There was eight. So there was eight of them, and they were children. And I'm not really sure how the audition process for that came up. I don't know, like, who came up with the Wasn't concept. Was there sort of reality show around? around I think there it. might have been, which is just shows you how cruel the early noughties were. <laughs> like, you can't yeah. make children oh, no, bless them. audition for something. Oh, it's just heartbreaking. And was this when S Club 7 were still, like, at the height of their fame? Was this, like, part of their empire? I think so, because I think they performed together a few times. Um, possibly supported them on tour. I'm, I'm just guessing here, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, and um, but the thing is, like, some members of S Club Juniors are famous now. Yeah. So Frankie and Rochelle, yeah, uh, they joined the band The Saturdays, mm. and they're still well known. Rochelle's a TV presenter now. I'm not. I think Frankie is like a radio presenter and does various things. Yeah. I think I once looked up all the members of <laughs> S Club Juniors to find out like where are they now. Yeah, um, I think Frankie and Rochelle are the only ones that are like with this sort of breakout careers. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, possibly one of them's in the West End, though, actually. Okay, um, respectable. But yeah, because I think they were probably aged between like sort of 13 and 16. Yeah. Uh, and they had their own... Well, they did, didn't they do a cover of Puppy Love? They, yeah, I think that was their like Christmas single. Because oh. I think the video ended... And he's like the like the main boy singer is like holding a puppy, and it comes up like a dog's for life, not just for Christmas. I don't know if it was raising money for. Oh, I don't know. Um, cute. And, and they had that hit as well, one step closer to heaven. Yeah, which I've quite often got in my head. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit it, but what, coming back just to S Club, you know, canonical to the original yeah, group, yeah, yeah. Uh, not just the juniors. What, what what's your favorite S Club song? My God, there's a surprising number of bangers. Yeah, every, are. every Christmas I. Love listen to um what's it called is it just called the perfect christmas whatever s club seven's christmas song is on heavy rotation in this household Mm. at christmas every year it's Um, it is just like one of those really sort of like slickly produced like yeah like kind of cheesy pop christmas yeah Yeah. um yeah they had lots of i guess the really famous ones are like um S Club Party. Bring it on back to Don't you. Don't Stop Moving. Don't Stop Moving. Oh my god, yeah, they had so yeah, many Yeah, I think Don't Stop Moving still comes on. Like, if you go to places of an evening, you might hear that come on and you wouldn't be surprised. You know, just linguistically speaking, <laughs> that, that song epitomises for me something 
I don't know, something that I think is a bit of a trope in pop music, which is the use of words that in real life would mm. be so cringy to use. Okay. So I'm thinking of Don't Stop Moving to the Funky Funky Yeah, beat. if anyone said funky, you'd be like, all right, granddad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it, like... yeah it's like your mum comes into your room and you're listening to something and she's like, oh, this is a bit funky. Yeah. Do you know well, what I mean? Well, that's a very smart dress you've got on. <laughs> Jazzy. <laughs> um, like... In the real world, I could not think of or groovy, probably. Yeah. Similarly oh. uncool. And yet, there's like, you know, fairly, um, there's like pop music that takes itself fairly seriously that mm. uses these words like with a straight face. It's quite a fascinating trope, I find. Oh. Um, but yeah, wall-to-wall bangers, as clubs have mm, Yeah, if you're not familiar, then like, definitely recommend checking them out. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's for a bit some... of late 90s, early 90s nostalgia. Yeah, especially, yeah, because you get to look at like the mad clothes they were wearing. And like, that's very much the era of like the low-rise jean oh, and the whole neck top. Yeah, belly button piercings. Belly button piercings, maybe butterfly clips in the hair. Wow. Yeah. Chokers, maybe? Oh, chokers, wall-to-wall experts. <laughs> I'm sure Joe always wore a choker. Yeah, yeah. De- definitely worth uh, investigating. <laughs> But I think that's enough about S Club. We'll, yes. um, we're just a way to order our tickets. Um, <laughs> and then we'll get on to the, the main event. As, by way of segue, hmm. um, I think S Club 7's first album was probably one of the first CDs I ever bought. Um, can you? What is your first album that you remember owning? <laughs> and was it on CD or was it on cassette? Uh, I think the only things I had on cassette, I had um, Destiny's Child, Independent Women Part 1, I had on cassette. Nice. And I'm trying to think what was on the other side of what song was on the other side. I don't even remember how cassettes worked. Like, how many songs did you get on a cassette? Did you get a whole album on cassette? Well, probably, like, um, over... On, on each side, do you know right, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you'd have to turn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, I, I, I don't feel. I feel like we were right at the tail end of that, really. Um, Cassettes. Yeah, yeah, but I had. Um, well, I had the Spice Girls albums on CD. I had Britney Spears. Um, but yeah, in terms of British music, one of the first um, like individual individual singles I remember having is um, Spiller, Groove Jet, If This Ain't Love. That is a classy choice. Yeah. Fair play. That is aged very well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's such a good song. Um, <laughs> Whereas I, the first, I, I didn't buy this, but the first album I was bought was the Venga Boys album. <gasps> wow. That is not a credible <laughs> choice. Um, yeah, gosh. Yeah, if you'd become a sort of international club DJ, I think I'd be like, oh yeah, you always knew. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's a bit um, of a it's a bit of a moment in time. Yeah. I'd say I'd still happily listen to the Venga Boys, but I think it's oh gosh, yeah. I think the Venga Boys is one of those things where if it came on in like you know a, a, a cheesy club night or mm. something, you'd be very pleased to hear it. But yeah. if you actually sat down with earphones and listened to it, I think you'd go mad. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's um pretty high energy um but yeah i mean and the spice girls that's the first gig i ever went to as well yeah which i feel pretty lucky about but jerry wasn't there Uh, they said she was ill so they lied to thousands of children so you witnessed you were there for the cover-up yeah you were there in the the early stages yeah um so that was yeah that was pretty shocking her picture was on the ticket it was called the back in britain tour 
Um, and yeah, what like I'm backing Britain? Yeah, but it it had I think it had an apostrophe after the N. Ah. Back in Britain, so it was like we are back in Britain, and also like backing Britain. Which puns. I actually don't know what that's a reference to. There's a joke about that in Dinner Ladies. It must be something to do with the war or whatever. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, I um, I it, that yeah, it's passed me by as well. It's very aging for them to have chosen that. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing. But um, well, it's very aging for us to be admitting to these all being our formative music. Uh, well, yeah, but you know, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that we we did grow up in a bit of a golden age oh, of like yeah. you know, yeah, well, so kind the, the, of loads of good girl bands, yeah, and a few boy bands. But I wasn't so interested. Well, and, and you know, bands that were a mix as well. So Steps is yeah. another very important name, and I had their their album definitely. Was it called Steptacular? I think so. Yeah. What, what an amazing pun! I know, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> There was just so much good, like, manufactured pop, mm. uh, sort of, yeah, in our childhoods. But then when I got into my adolescence, that was when I went back and discovered. So, like, that was when I got into, like, the Beatles, mm. things like that. I, I've never really got into the Rolling Stones, actually. But, um, no, nor have I. But, I, yeah, the, like, learning about just, like, amazing British music, the Beatles and the Kinks, yeah. stuff like that. That was, like, a real phase for me. Um, in my teenage years of being like oh okay like there's so much <laughs> for me to listen to I sort of envy you that because I never went through that phase I like well you listen to like Kate Bush and... that's true my mum's an enormous Kate Bush fan and basically one Christmas she just bought me three Kate Bush albums and oh. was like you're gonna like Kate Bush now and I do so that was a good investment yeah my gosh that's great parenting um, yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, no, Kate Bush is amazing. Because mm. um, yeah, we we missed all the kind of Britpop stuff. There yeah. was the sort of Britpop wars between Oasis and Blur. My brother them. was big into Oasis, but mm. I, I think I just missed that slightly. Mm. Um, it was it was kind of like it definitely typified an era. There was the sort of like the Ladettes yeah. and like Cool Britannia and stuff, which I guess like did continue into the late nineties. Mm. Um, and yeah, I guess like the Gallagher's was sort of poster boy for that yeah um but it's it's sort of yeah that that didn't necessarily sort of resonate with me i just wanted no. like sparkly pop well if, i'm trying to think of like when i was a teenager the british stuff that i was into would probably have been like laura marling and florence mm. and the machine yeah florence and the machine much like a much bigger deal in terms of like pop culture than mm. laura marling um, yeah, in terms of being like internationally yeah. famous, um, but I've I've got to admit, like I don't keep up so much with like British music. Well, you're much right you're much, now. Yeah, <laughs> at this the present moment, we're too geriatric to be totally <laughs> to have our fingers totally on the pulse with this stuff. But you you know much more than I do about like grime and. <laughs> Drill. I feel like it's such like a white idiot even just saying that. <laughs> drill. Um, drill. I believe it is called. Um, you know much more about like British rap and stuff. Yeah, like that's that. true. Um, I think I've like always listened to British rap. I think because probably when I started off with rap, I was listening to US rap because it's so massive and mm. like internationally <laughs> famous. But there's like loads of really good British rap, really clever lyrics and like mm. interesting stuff. But yeah, I feel like that's that's more the way I went. I wasn't so much into, like, the indie stuff. Um, Okay, so we've, like, talked about a lot of the stuff that we listened to, but, like, how did we slash do people now sort of find new music in the UK? What would you say are, like, the main channels for discovering things or where, historically? Well, I think, like, definitely 
in the past, it was watching Top of the Pops. Oh, God, Because yeah. that went on for, like, what, like, 40 years or something. Yeah. But, um... It was a total institution. And it still kind of is, because, like, you know, there's still Top of the Pops 2. and like, Top of the, the Pops 2. And there's, like, the Christmas Day um, Top of the Pops. Although I think this year might have been the first year they didn't do that, which is sad. Because um, it was, like, the, our one sort of connection to Top of the Pops. They would you know, they would talk about hits across the year and stuff. But yeah, Top of the Pops would be, like, people in the charts would come on and perform. Yeah. And there was this... <laughs> it was kind of weird, because there was this rule for ages that you weren't allowed to sing live. So yeah. people went on and, like, deliberately mimed badly yeah, to their songs. Yeah, like, in protest. In protest. I'm sure the communards came on and did Don't Leave Me This Way, and the women sang men's <laughs> lyrics and, and vice versa, just to, like, show how ridiculous it was. Yeah, it was so... Sh- and I don't know if it's because they didn't because it was you know live tv or whatever they didn't want people to say anything controversial yeah. maybe so they were like we just won't give them we won't turn their microphones but also, on. I, I suppose maybe it's just part of the like the whole show was just like sort of glossy and and sort of artificial mm. in that way because so you'd have like the presenter generally i don't know I, i'm thinking of like the heyday in like the 80s where you'd have like simon mayo did he present top of yeah. the pop? standing there in some like hideous jumper mm. whilst all these sort of like young people were sort of like bopping you know just like on the studio floor next to them it was supposed to have this like atmosphere of like oh hey it's just a party but it's all like very choreographed yeah so i guess the lip syncing just goes in with that of like hey it's gonna look really spontaneous but it's gonna be super like mm. slick and produced it's so funny though because the when you when you watch it back it is just hilarious to watch the people in the audience because it shows you so much about just like I mean, it was because it was generally sort of teenagers, I guess, who'd yeah. like over 18s, but like who'd who'd applied to be in the audience on the show. And there's so much like really bad dancing, yeah. people with like horrendous teeth, <laughs> people just like looking really bored. Yeah, it's 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 a real study in just yeah, kind of a cross section of like British teens and early twenties. Yeah, uh, for about forty years. No, I'm sure it's like a fascinating anthropological record. <laughs> now, if we could go back and watch them all. Um, but also, do you remember watching Pop World? Oh my god, yes, on T4. Yeah. Yeah, so what, this was like, was it like Saturday mornings? This was the sort of like youth magazine show yeah. uh, on Channel 4. Um, it was basically one of the first times I'd ever seen, so like, and I think Smash Hits might have started this off actually as a thing, but I think probably in the past people were quite like deferential when they'd speak, yeah. when they'd interview celebrities. Whereas on Pop World, it would just be like, "Oh, you're here, are you?" Like it was just the sort of often the people doing the interviews looked very bored. Well, uh, was it Mikita Oliver Nikita and Oliver. Simon, um, Simon Amstel? Yeah, originally. they did it for a while, and then it was Alex and Alexa, Alexa Chung oh. and Alex. His name escapes yeah, me. Alex two, Zane? Two extremely uncharismatic people, that must be said. Well, I think they really, they like... They cultivated of, yeah, that they sort cultivated. of like, forged to be here, not impressed by you famous people. Yeah, um, um, which is kind of refreshing in a way. And I, I yeah. do feel like they used to get celebrities to like answer really stupid questions or they'd just get them to do stupid well, things. Well, okay, so I remember them making Gareth Gates um, reenact his own birth. <laughs> Like, pretend that he was emerging from the womb. I also remember mm. they, like, filmed this stupid um, sketch with, with Beverly Knight. Yeah. Where they, like, made up this cop show called Night and Day. <laughs> <laughs> where, like, one of them played, like, Detective Day or whatever. <laughs> just the, like, mad stuff that they would do just for the sake of, like, a stupid joke. So, wasting these people's time. <laughs> so silly, isn't it? 
Okay, well, we've talked a lot about like our personal sort of lifetime of British music, but who do you think are like the all-time greats? I suppose like it's very easy to kind of focus on the Beatles when we think about the biggest sort of British exports musically. Mm. Um, but I do actually have a list. Uh, this is according to Wikipedia <laughs> of the biggest selling British artists worldwide. Okay. Um, and I want you to sort of tell me people who you think might be on this list. Well, you know one of my favourite, like, fun facts is that Cliff Richards outsold the Beatles in the 60s. Cliff Richards, I think, is worth saying. You know, he's a bit of a phenomenon. Like, he had a... Um, a what did he, he... I think up until the 2010s, he had had a, a, a hit. Number a number one number one every in every decade. decade since the 50s. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the ones from, like, the sort of 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s were. In the 90s, it was Millennium Prayer, I'm sure. One of them must have been Summer Holiday. That was it, such it, a was massive that not hit. In the 50s? Yeah. Yeah, no, so I mean, like, in from, ah, from right. when he was first, you know, the sort of British Elvis, quote-unquote. Who um, ever said that? I, but that's, definitely, that's definitely how he was marketed, including, like, with the film career and everything. Well, it's so funny because he's still... He occupies just a really strange position in pop culture he's, because there's a Cliff Richard calendar every year, <laughs> which is him, like, sort of smiling, like, sitting on a horse wearing a gilet. He's wearing the gilet, not the horse. Well, sometimes he's um, by the pool with his shirt open. Yeah, um, and people, like, it's one of the biggest selling calendars in the UK. People buy it, and I think partly for the novelty value now, that it's just, like, funny to have a Cliff Richard calendar. Do you know something? Cliff Richard is one of, like, a small category of celebrities who, like, we collectively as a culture humour. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's basically him and Bruce Forsyth, may rest in peace. Oh. I'm not sure who else fits into that category, but it's this thing of people being so famous that everybody else just has to sort of like go along with it, yeah. even though it's, <laughs> it's become sort of objectively ridiculous. It's strange, isn't it? So yeah, he's one of the, you know, not just successful here, he's one of our biggest exports. Well, um, makes you proud to be British. I, th- I think just talking about sort of like, and I mean this with all the love and respect in the world, but like relics of the 60s, mm. the career of Cilla Black is very interesting. Because oh. she started off like she actually some of the early Beatles songs she released her version first they sort of like tried them out on her um, and like she yeah she was like very affiliated with like the Liverpool music scene and yeah. all that and she was quite a big star in the 60s in Britain but she basically just became like a TV presenter yeah blind um, date oh. she would still always sing on the TV again maybe maybe someone who was slightly humoured by popular culture it's, it's um, interesting isn't it and but like we loved the, her so did she did she represent the UK and Eurovision. I I bet she did because Cliff Richard certainly did because did he? There, well, yeah because there was that big stushy over oh because um, he lost because of Franco yeah <laughs> yeah oh my god thus beginning decades of uh, conspiracy theories in the UK about why why we didn't win Eurovision <laughs> this is the thing um, we I I think. God, Eurovision's a whole Yeah, we're going to have a whole episode about Eurovision closer to the competition. But, but I, think the, I think there is this thing that, like, Britain used to take Eurovision seriously and send famous, like, sort of respected artists. Yeah. And then just, we lost one too many times and just, like, basically decided to throw our toys out the pram and say, we're not going to take this seriously anymore and we're going to complain constantly about how everybody else gangs up on us in Eurovision. Well, we, I think we do take it seriously, but in a very, in a very, like, someone's, a someone's long... like, what's music? And so, <laughs> Someone else said, "Oh, it's a song. It's got to be something that Andrew Lloyd Webber's written. Hence, him writing. It's my, it's time, my time for Jade Ewan. Oh, what a dirge! What an absolute dirge! I know. What a shame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then she joined Sugar Babes for a bit. 
Um, well, I mean, who hasn't? Well, yeah. You know. um, but <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, we, we'll have a lot to say about this further down the line, especially because Eurovision is being held in the UK this year because it can't be yeah, held in Ukraine. Oh um, so, like, yeah, last year we came second, which is the best we've but done that was in a, real a long departure, time. Like... Oh, yeah, we've, yeah. we're <laughs> historic duffers. Like, <laughs> we just can't. Yeah, but mainly it was like the Eurovision film, right? With um, Will Ferrell, it was just like, oh, this song's good and she's got a good voice, but it's the UK, so, so no one's going to so. Yeah, hates, so we're not going to vote for them. Um, but yeah, tune in for our Eurovision episode for us to really go into this in oh gosh, in yeah. depth. Um, but I think that's probably enough. Uh, there's a little tease for a future episode. So professional. Oh my of goodness! Us. Yeah, it sounds um, as if we planned this in advance. Oh my god! And then. <laughs> Yeah, some things for you to think about. Go and look up S Club 7. I don't think you'll regret it. Oh my God, Maybe yeah. you will. <laughs> Throw yourself a little Naughty's dance party. Oh my gosh, we could do a playlist for that. Scoot should go on there. Oh my God. Oh my God, yeah, there's so much so much we haven't touched on. I know. Um, um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. If there's references that we made or kind of slang we used that you didn't quite get, you can find the cheat sheet for this podcast episode on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash notthequeensengly. Um, you can also find some of our content on our coffee shop, coffee. What is it even called? Coffee.com forward slash. Good, do you know what? Best, best course of action. Go to our Instagram. Oh my god, uh, yeah. And just, the links will be there. Yeah, you can see our beautiful you. link tree. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that's about it. So uh, bye. Bye. <laughs>